Well, I don't think either of us is cool enough to wear a chain with our own picture on it, but um, that doesn't mean we can't sit here and, and bullshit about baseball um, and, and still sound somewhat cool and entertaining. I'm Justin Laddam, joined by Spencer Carlson. This is a, we're going to call this a bonus episode of Guardians, uh, Guardians of the Future. First of all, we'll get into some housekeeping stuff, but uh, Spencer, good to hear from you, man. How you doing? Doing good, man. Uh, I tweeted last night that when I saw that chain that Jose Ramirez deserves a blank check extension, and I stand by it. Yeah, I'm with you. Any Anybody that can pull that off, uh, I think, deserves to write their own check. And he is the only guy in the city, I think. I don't, I don't even know if Baker Mayfield can do that right now. Oh, no. I mean, he would get ripped. Out. <laughs> that is a, a one-of-a-kind thing. I mean, he went from wearing the, uh, what was it, the chain with the major league uh, baseball yes. in the hair to yeah. his own. That's that's impressive. I wonder who got that. I wonder if he got that for himself or if somebody got that for him. Still love it. That's amazing. So, obviously, we haven't recorded a, a major league um, episode of the podcast in some time. That's mostly due to, you know, work schedules, real life, and uh, time and effort is hard to come by for this stuff. Uh, quite frankly, I, I work a day job that I can't stand, and um, it's a lot of work at night to keep up with the minor league stuff and writing and, um, recording one podcast a week doing that. And, um, as much as we'd like to do this more, that's life. And, uh, you know, we're focused on the minor league episode. Obviously we, at IBI, we don't have, um, a full-time Indians reporter this year. I don't know that we will have a guardians reporter next year. We'll see what happens. Um, so at this point I would just say any, any episode like this, we give you is just kind of a bonus episode and we'll try to do them as often as we can, but, um, I'll, yeah. I'll jump in when need be and free. Um, you know, uh, I don't know if anybody knows, but I run about 50% of a company. So I'm as bad as busy as a human being gets. But when I have the free time, I love to jump on and completely BS about baseball for an hour and a half and pretend like I know anything. That's what we do every day. That's what I do every day at my, most of my jobs. So, um, <laughs> I've become very good at that. I sit, I sit there and I look like I do a lot of work and I really don't. And Justin, I'll, you're uh, killing it. <laughs> <laughs> that big bonus is coming my way anytime soon. Um, yeah, that's for people who might think IBI is a full time job. It is a full time job, but it's not what pay, a full time job that pays my bills. So, um, anyway, we appreciate you listening to this. We appreciate you listening to the guardians of the future podcast, which, you know, that's the one we're going to keep bringing to you every week consistently because that's what we do. And that's what we have the resources for right now. And, and we'll give you some major league content when we can. And, and let's do that now. Um, the, I would say the biggest thing for me right now is going into 2022. I mean, there, there's a lot of questions. There's still a lot of questions. Yes. And the one place that I'm, I wouldn't say I'm most concerned about, but I'm, I'm looking at the heaviest right now is because the backbone or the backbone of this team this year was the bullpen in the first half. The reason this team was competing and hanging in there because of all the injuries was the triumvirate of Brian Shaw, James Karinchak, and Emmanuel Classe. And then they added Nick Salen to the mix. Well, um, Classe is actually better than now than he was earlier in the year because he throws a slider more, which I think we said that in this podcast a couple times. Um, you know, so we are geniuses, obviously. <laughs> uh, 
James Karinchak was was really good, and Brian Shaw was was rediscovered, and Nick and Nick Sandlin was really good, and um, well, James Karinchak is no longer very good. He's just okay. Uh, Nick Sandlin's hurt, and Brian Shaw hasn't totally turned back into a pumpkin, but he is he's trending in the Gord direction. Yes. I don't know. He's some nights he looks like he still fits the slipper and some nights he looks like um, he's going to be a jack-o'-lantern soon. I don't know, but I'm scared for the bullpen in 2022. I think that's an area where there are still too many questions for my liking. Yeah. Bullpens are weird though. Uh, you know, minor league deals uh, for veterans and one guy gets called up and pitches lights out, which the Indians have in that system. Uh, starters turn relievers are just, a reliever is doing really well. Who knows what 2020 is like. The bullpens are the hardest thing to predict. So, I mean, they could be completely shit next season or they could surprise us uh, and maybe make a run at actually pitching 162 games. But what they did wrong this year, and you and I talked about this last time we did this, was that you tried to use the same three dudes over and over and over again. And that's all they really had. And it doesn't work that way. Um, and I think Brian Shaw didn't have that in his arm anymore. Uh, with the substance thing, uh, James Karinczak stinks. Uh, and Emmanuel Clase is really good. I mean, I like him a lot. But, I mean, he has his own flaws at times. But who knows what 2022 brings in the uh, bullpen aspect. But I don't know. I feel very <clears throat> 2014, 2015-ish with this team. Like, there's players that are good. And there's players that aren't no longer going to be on this roster. And they're going to make a turn towards – some of their better prospects here in 2022 and 2023. So uh, I'm expecting a lot of change and growth and pain and excitement <laughs> in low level times in 2022 and 2023. Yeah. I, I I'm kind of in the 2020 or 2013, 2014 mode with this team. I think. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of like where I was at with that, like that, 13, 15 years. Yeah. Like I was trying to get out of the, I'm trying to get out of like the Swisher, Michael Bourne era. I'm trying to move into, you know, different player era to, you know, which was better for the team. I'm just kind of like feeling like that. I'm like, there's people on this team currently. I'm not going to bash anyone who I think stinks uh, today and just be like, yeah, they're probably not going to end up on this roster. And, you know, maybe now, maybe they're kind of like the O four team. Yeah. That O four team was really young and they, it looked like they were going to be arriving a year early and then August hit and they yep, fell completely shit the bed. Yeah. I think maybe that's more well, accurate. Yeah, so five. Apart. Oh my yeah, I, I remember being at the ballpark oh, against the Twins that August, and I remember people walking out chanting, yep. first place Sunday, first place Sunday, and then yep. they lost Sunday, and then that was kind of the end of the end. And uh, 2005 was good until the last weekend of the year. We don't need to open these wounds, to be honest with you. Right. I don't know why I'm doing that. Um, I know I know bullpens can be tricky, and, and they're, they can be rebuilt on the fly, and... Uh, I just I I feel like it's 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 very strange how volatile they've been. It's not strange, and I, I think we know why it's volatile. But you know, bullpens are usually volatile year to year. They're not so volatile half season to half season. Usually, if you're good, you're good, and you have some hiccups. You're not like and the bullpen hasn't fallen apart. But like Brian, like 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 we talked about Brian Shaw, it just pitched a lot and he's not 
2014 Brian Shaw, and he's been good at times, but he's been bad at times. And I think, like you said, they overused him, which shock, that's a shock, right? Right. And the whole point. <laughs> that's what they do. And I, I think James Karinchek, I do think it's substance related, grip, grip substance. And that's where I'm at. So you have two big components of your top three having things that affect them. I mean, Brian Shaw's not even up September and he's in 60 innings. Uh, yeah. And uh, Karinchek, uh, RPM is just. Just well, like, I think I think some of his issue is also overuse as well. I think that I think there's a combination there. I don't <laughs> think a hundred percent of his issues are related to the RPMs, and well, they are, but um, I think overuse has played a factor in his ineffectiveness at times as well. I think uh, I mean I don't know I not to s- sound different too, but I think if he focused just a little bit more on pitching and not acting like a goofball sometimes, that maybe that'd even be beneficial to him, but. He's young. That's here nor there. I'm not going to dive into those, so, dive into yeah. those kind of worms. But, I mean, overall, I mean, he's 7-3, 58 games, 3.5 ERA, striking out one and a half batters an inning. I mean, I mean, he's – it's just crazy how much he's dropped when he does drop. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, well, when you don't have the curveball that looks like it's going to come like a fastball and drop <laughs> off the table, it's hard to, to live off anything else. Yeah, I mean, like – in the first 32 games he ever pitched for Cleveland, he averaged a like a 0.2 home runs per nine, and now he's almost up at like 1.5. So, mm-hmm. yeah, hanging curveballs and and knowing that he doesn't have the good curveball, you can sit on the fastball. <laughs> That's right. the problem. Geez, you sound like me. I was sick all last week too. It's good times. Yeah, everybody um, is. The Nick Sandlin injury really stunk too. I mean, I th- he was starting to come along and. Get That's some high fun. leverage opportunities, and like I thought going into twenty twenty two, you had a three, uh, you know, a, a three spot in the bullpen of Class A, Karen, Shack, and Sandlin. You could build around that, and now, okay, Karen, Shack, mm, he's got to figure some things out. They got to they got to figure what to do with him. Class A is good, and then I'm not too worried about Nick Sandlin, but I will say he's been hurt in the minors before, so mm-hmm. I. And he's also still a rookie; hasn't done it for a full year. So I would say there's still there's still some uncertainty there. So you have essentially one reliever going in the next year that you feel good about, and that's that's the problem. Like if you want to compete next year, <clears throat> you have to have at least three three relievers you feel good about. I mean, who 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 honestly are you putting in the bullpen in 2022? Like, yes, I know Karen Shack's going to be there no matter what, but how good do you feel about him? Um, how much do you trust Sandlin? You have Class A, and what what else do you have around that? You have, I mean, Trevor, Trevor Stefan. Yeah, you probably have those three and Stefan, and I mean, you're probably gonna have to piece together those other three, to be honest with you. Garza. That uh, yeah, Garza. I mean, do they bring Blake Parker back? Unfortunately, oh, no, why did I say unfortunate? Trying to be nice to all the players today, um, you know. So I don't. Blake know. Parker I, should not be back, mate. I mean, I guess you you can't have an all rookie bullpen. That doesn't work very well. Yeah. Yeah, you need you need another Brian Shaw veteran out there. Not I think Brian Shaw, not Brian Shaw though. Well, they're not going to sign a free agent reliever. Not a not a big money one. They never have, and they never will. I mean, the last time they they spent major league money on a reliever, I want to say that was either was it Kerry <clears throat> Wood or John Axford? Mm-hmm. Who 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 was who came before who? Did Kerry Wood? Kerry Wood came before John Axford, right? Oh, by, by far. Okay, John so Axford the last like two thousand 
God. It was after 11? Yeah, after 2010, but Gary okay. Wood was 07, 08. No, Kerry Wood wasn't here in 07. He was, oh, I think he had to be 09 and 10. Was I he? Think, uh, I don't feel like it was that late. But who, Bur- Burowski was here 07, 08. Oh, God. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, so that, that's the last time they spent major league money on a reliever. Like, I'm talking, like, good cash, not just the minor league dealer, not like a a small handful of dollars, like a Dan Otero or something. Like, the last time they actually spent real money on a reliever was – was John Axford. So they're not going to do that. You know, they're not going to do that. It's, it's that that's extremely volatile. So you've got to make a trade. Like there, there are guys in the minors. I like his relievers like Nick Mikulacek and, um, Jerson Ramirez, but those guys like Mikulacek can help next year. Uh, Jerson Ramirez is probably a year away at this point, but like, you've got a lot of filler that doesn't make sense in this roster. Like Cam Hill hasn't been up this year. Kyle Nelson, when he was up, stunk, and he hasn't been very good in AAA. Francisco Perez, like, maybe maybe he's a dude, but he got one outing where he came with the bases loaded and, and nobody out and didn't do well, and that was that was it for him. And then, yeah, what, well, you've got Garza and Stefan. That's that's it. Yeah. And there's, there's not a lot of internal options that you feel good about that you've seen right now. Like, do you put Sam Henches in the bullpen next year or Logan Allen or – or JC Mejia, but you don't know what you have in them either. Right, of course. And it's just a lot of question marks. I know, you know, I would say your best bet might be a starter. They still believe has some stuff that probably will end up going into the bullpen that didn't work out. Um, I know a lot of people like Hentages out there. Um, I don't, but uh, who knows? I I think you're just running a lot of question marks, and it's like who, whoever the seven to eight best pitchers that run through next spring training – on top of the three guys who are probably already locked in is what your bullpen's going to look like. Yeah, I just think it needs an over. I don't want to say an overhaul in the offseason, but you've got to go out and trade for somebody. You know, they made the trade for Class A. I think I don't think you have to trade for another Class A, but you've got to go out and identify another reliever from another team that you feel good about and make a trade like a David Bednar from Pittsburgh or um, I think Tanner Scott from Baltimore is one guy. And they don't have a lefty. That's the other thing. You don't really have a lefty. Like They've done that. <clears throat> predominantly a ton of this team is there's no lefties i've been complaining about that for years i don't i don't think it's a big deal in the rotation as much as it is the bullpen but um i i don't yeah i don't trust sam henches out there i mean sam henches to me had no business being in the major leagues this year to begin with and i think that's shown for the most part uh-huh. the problem is he's going to be out of options and so is logan Allen, and so is jc mejia so guess what? You're going to have to go into spring training next year with a couple of those guys. And they're either going to have to earn spots in the rotation of the bullpen, or you're going to have to move on or maybe I don't know. Maybe they, maybe they trade a couple of those guys to clear up roster spots in the off season. Maybe somebody else is interested in them. To me, I think I've seen enough of all three mm-hmm. to know they're not starters long-term. I think they're sixth men slash relievers but you don't even know what they look like as a reliever so yeah i don't know it's a weird spot yes it is um some of those guys you mentioned don't even really have more what a bullpen stuff is so i mean i don't even know if they'll ever even be added out to a bullpen they'll probably just be dfa'd or you know picked up by someone else i don't even know that'll ever happen but uh it's definitely the biggest question mark on the team for sure yeah, it's just one that you know if if they want to compete next year that bullpen's got to be good and it's again it was the 
I won't say it was the only reason they were competing early in the year, but gosh, when you lost a couple yeah. starters and you lost some so hitters, a lot, a variable that's usually an outlier too is like when Indians have always gone good, their starters go deep, and when they brought a lot of young kids in, you know, they had to go through the growing pains of oh, these kids don't go six innings, they don't go seven innings, and then they just threw a lot of innings, and a lot of people threw, and I know they mixed the bag well. I just kind of maybe probably ran out of steam. I mean, there was a point there where we couldn't get a guy going at all. And the starters stunk start after start after start after start. And, you know, they had bullpen games in there and everything else. And it's like, who's starting today? They're down to the 11th starter and we don't know who's starting. So I think that might have been a variable along that because if Bieber's and Plezak's and Zavale's are healthy of the world, they're going 6-7 predominantly 85% of the time. Yeah, I mean, they, they definitely leaned on that bullpen pretty heavily, and it worked for a little bit. So I think that's it's a variable that's inside of that. It, it is, for sure, but, I mean, you couldn't, I don't know. You just I don't think you, I don't think it was fair to expect Brian Shaw to hold up, like you said, no. over 60 innings before August. And no. They could not predict the substance crackdown for um, relievers. But, like I said, I think they also overused Karen Check, too. Classe has been the one guy who's gotten better throughout the year, I would say. Uh, it is unfortunate that Sandlin got hurt. But, yeah, I mean, this is a spot I think that's going to be a real question mark in the offseason. There's a lot of, like I said, there's a lot of filler names on the 40-man roster that you just don't know much about. Or and I shouldn't say no, but you don't really feel that are part of, like I said, you know, Cam Hill and Francisco Perez and Kyle Nelson. Like the, all, all those guys, to me, are, are fringe guys that you could remove to add somebody better or to create roster spots. But that's neither here nor there. I think it's funny that you and I, when you and I text back and forth too, that um, the player that I think the two players, I think that we give each other the hardest time about are, are Ahmed Rosario and, and Bradley Zimmer. And oh, sure. I, I, I've been giving you a hard time about Bradley Zimmer all year. Anytime he does something good. And now he's hitting Jim Tomey looking home runs. And uh, Ahmed Rosario has not been the most consistent player, despite what tweets you might see out there, but um, he's been, solid he's been a good player but the funny thing about those two is now i feel like they're major league players that deserve major league roster spots and at least are good part-time players but i don't know if that's here and i don't know how they fit onto this team next year but they're both they're both good they're both okay maybe they're both they're both average to slightly above average i guess they have they have their they have their holes in their game. Uh, you can just read by it by numbers, but they've also both been solid and deserve a spot on a major league roster. Um, Is I, that here? Yes, I, I mean I think they're both here next year for the, the long haul. I actually do. Um, I don't think Zimmer's in an everyday role, but I think he gets plenty of at bats rotating throughout the outfield. Um, it, it, he walks. Uh, he also just strikes out looking so many goddamn times. Uh, I mean, his OPS plus is 93. So, uh, I mean, there's holes in his game. He does hit majestic home runs. He steals bases. He plays good defense. He has a 1.3 war and 205 at-bats. Like, he's a solid major league player. He still has holes in his game. Same for Ahmed. Guy can't play defense, right? I mean, he's not the greatest defender ever. But at the same time, he has fit his part of the role in the part of the lineup in hitting – that you would expect. And I mean, I understand his OPS plus is probably barely above major league average, but I mean, you just sometimes need major league average and Jimenez is young and Jimenez probably 
will end up being a better player, but he also could just end up being all talent or all say and no show and being Jake Bowers of the shortstop position. You just don't know that until he plays. And if you get rid of consistency with what you have in Ahmed Rosario uh, to move to Jimenez, yeah, you're going to get better defense, but he also could just be a 200 hitter his entire life. I mean, at one time, I know I know people have harped on this, but at one time Ahmed Rosario was um, – the third overall prospect on some lists, and he yep. was an all-star talent as far as his grades. So yeah, is Bradley Zimmer. Yeah, I mean, he's hitting 290, <clears throat> eight home runs, 44 RBI, 750 OPS, OPS plus of 102. I mean, he's just – he's literally just a solid ball player. I mean, he's I, not a great defender. Um, he doesn't – I mean, he's still on 12 bases. I mean, it's kind of up there with his normal average. Like, he's still 24-19. He'll probably end up right around that number, maybe a little bit lower. He just does what he does. He's going to probably do exactly what he did the other years. 76 runs, 75 runs. He's currently at 63. Um, hits about 30 doubles. Hits about 5 to 10 triples. I'm just looking through these numbers here, about 10 home runs. He's very much on par with what he did 2018 and 2019 for the Mets. So if that's what you're getting year in and year out and you move him over to second base, then I'm not against it. I mean, yeah, I guess you could put him at second and Jimenez at short and – open with that in 2022 just, and, and see what happens. I just, and I know he's not getting a ton of playing time. I mean, we sit here and menace uh, one of the better defenders. Is he going to hit? I mean, just tell me right now, you know, more than I, is he going to hit? I, I think he can. I mean, he hit in triple a hit in spring training this year. The track record says, I mean, this is a guy who was 20 years old and skipped triple a last year and was a, league average hitter a year ago slightly above so uh, who also came up this is where i just have that and it's oh no who also came up super young and said oh this guy's gonna hit and then he never hit oh i thought you were going jose ramirez but who are you talking no, about i was just uh, i mean going to first base but thinking of jake bowers like oh yeah this guy's 22 or 21 or whenever you trade it 23 he has all of it it's all going together uh he's going to be the st- staple at first base uh and just never hit and I mean, he's only had 230 at bats, but he's hitting 225 with five bombs and not even a 300 on base percentage and an OPS plus a 74. So oh. I understand he's not getting full t- playing time, but do we just do we see a 275 with 15 home run potential in this bat? If you say yes, then I say yes. But well, the hard the hard question about that is Gabriel Arias is having a nice year at AAA. He's 21 and and. I think he is a potential future star. If he can hit the big league level, he's got power. He's a great defender at shortstop. Uh, probably even better that he's, he is the best defensive shortstop in the system. He's got more power than Jimenez. I think they both have the same issues with the hit tool. Although Jimenez was graded out with the better hit tool. I, I would say next year you start the year with, with Jimenez at shortstop. And you run with that until until he's hitting a buck ninety seven in June. Basically, yeah, if that's the case, and then you, maybe you go with uh, Gabriel Arias at that point. I mean, um, I, I have no problem starting Arias at AAA next year because he's twenty one and he skipped Double A. Or, or you just you know you keep things as is. You keep Rosario at short and and take below average defense. You keep him in as a second. Was what's you his keep face in- back and- make it to the major league club next year freeman i i don't no, know not, uh, not, uh, not freeman 
Uh, I mean, yes, Freeman. Yes, I mean, I don't know why I said it. I was thinking of the dude who's just hitting bombs down in Akron lately. I can't pronounce his last name. Rocio, Rocio. Oh, Brian Rocio? Yeah, Rocio. Um, no, I think you let him in AAA all next year. Okay. Uh, he's also only 20 years old. He won't be 20. He, he can't even buy himself a drink until this January. <laughs> so. Yeah. Let the guy get through a triple A season so, next year and see what happens. Justin has been down the road and I see all the tweets about him. He seems to be very much a five tool guy. I don't, I haven't checked out his defense, but I mean, his stolen, oh, it's base, good. His stolen bases, his power seems like a very, very good uh, piece for this team. Yeah. He's, he's a 2020 shortstop with, with uh plus defense. I think defensively he and Gabriel Arias are, are on par together. I think the only thing that Gar- Arias probably has over Rokio is the arm. I think they're even Gabriel Arias's arm. If you haven't seen it yet, you have to check it out. His arm is just absolutely otherworldly. Like it could be, he could be a pitcher. I don't so know. Are we going to be sitting in, uh, in 20, like 24 and saying like Isaiah green's the best prospect to come out of the Lindor trade. That's very possible. Yes. I think that's very possible. Yeah, I've I seen a little yeah, bit of Josh Wolf this year. They in, haven't been thrilled. Yeah, I see, I see holes in both shortstops they've traded for. What was the name of the uh, the pitcher they got? Josh what? Josh Wolf. Yeah, I've, I've watched a couple of his starts this year, and I'm I'm a little underwhelmed. I mean, he's young and he's in right. low A, so we'll see. But he's he's got a lot of uh, he's got a lot of strength he needs to add to his frame. He'll be fine, but um, yeah. has not been as electric he's as I hope so far. I mean, how, he's how old is he? He's twenty, right? And he's got to compete. I think he against, just turned and he's 20. Got to, yeah. And he's got to compete against a gajillion pitchers that are also 20 that just got drafted by the Indians. Yeah. Yeah. Josh can't buy himself a draw. Oh, Josh can, can join us at the bar in like a couple weeks here. That's good for him. Um, yeah. He's averaging nine strikeouts per nine. He's averaging about a strikeout per inning. So good for him. Uh, ERA is almost six, even though he's that's running into some issues down there. Yeah, it is six. Uh, I'm not, I'm not really going to think about him or worry about him at this point, but no, nope. I think, I think, I think it's I'm very just, reasonable. Think green if, could be. Yeah. I was going to say, I feel like he's going to be the best player out of that trade. I, yeah, I, I wouldn't surprise me at all. I, I mean, I never expected Rosario Brantley, to be the best Brantley player. Yeah. What? Brantley-esque, just the, the outfielder in the trade <laughs> that's super young ends up being the best player out of the trade. Right. That you didn't think about. <laughs> Yeah, I I wouldn't be surprised by that at all. He's got a lot of tools, but, you know, he's four years away. Like, Rosario has wound up being a serviceable player. And, like, do you – if he's not a shortstop, like, if you, if you think you need better shortstop defense next year but you want Rosario's bat, where, does he play second? Does he play the outfield? Yeah, so like, I, would, I would say second. I mean – so my my idea here, and the, the, obviously they don't call me about roster decisions anymore after uh, COVID, but you know I wish they still did. Uh, yeah, but of course, it's, it's Paulino. <laughs> that's what it was. Um, <laughs> but I I would start the season with Jimenez at short and Rosario at second base, uh, and have your utilities you know with uh, Ernie Clement, and then if Jimenez or Rosario start to falter um, halfway through the season. You have Tyler Freeman and Arias just sitting there waiting probably to pick a spot off one of those two guys if they're not hitting well. Um, and I think that's where you go from there. Um, there's just a lot of guys who are going to hit like their mid-20s and late-20s who are on this roster and 
probably won't be beneficial to the infield, but I think a lot of the infield stuff is going to be internal, maybe besides first base, depending on what happens to Bobby Bradley. If they go external after the 40 man crunch, I think they probably go outfield. I know that Zach uh, Meisel has mentioned that he's like, if they make a move next year and they said that they're actually going to go up in payroll, they should probably be out in the outfield. And I agree. That's another great question. Cause we've, we've talked about this at times on the, the actual guardians of the future, the minor league podcast is okay. So they say that payroll is going to go up next year and right. let, let's say that's true. Let's, let's believe them and say that's true. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, I, I'm not saying, I, mean, I don't think it's going to go lower. I don't, I mean, yeah. could it stay the same? Maybe I don't think it's going to go lower. So I'm, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt here, but okay. Let's, let's, let's make some decisions based on that assumption. So if the payroll goes up next year, remember that they have no committed salary because Jose Ramirez has team options at this point. Mm-hmm. And so does Roberto Perez. So in theory, I'm not saying they're going to do this, but in theory, you could decline both those options right away. That means your payroll is going down, right? Because yeah. you, the only way it's going up is he picked those options up. Yeah. So to me, that says that they're going to pick Jose's option up no matter what which they should, and they, obviously that's not a question because it's so cheap, and obviously this team stands no chance without him, and you can't say your payroll's going up and then decline that option. Um, I don't know about Perez at this point, to be honest. I mean, with the injury and haven't played in a while and he hasn't hit, I could see them going in a different direction. But okay, so they pick up Ramirez's option. He's back at third base. Where the hell is Nolan Jones playing? Yeah, well, that's what I was my next point. Um, you know, with the insurgence of what's going to be Nolan Jones is probably going to play next year. And then the, the, the great trade that ended up being Miles straw. A lot of these guys are going, someone's going to be out of a job. It's just a, a numbers game. Right. So like when we run into next year, I mean, unfortunately for like Josh Naylor or Oscar Mercado or Harold Ramirez or Bradley Zimmer, I mean, there's just not enough, positions to go around injuries has caused for some guys to get playing time. But when you want to move forward and compete, you obviously don't want to say 500. Some of these fourth, fifth outfielders who are sneaking by on the roster now just won't be on the roster next year. And I would have to believe that Nolan Jones, even though he's playing third base in the minor leagues, is going to have to go to the outfield and miles straws has center field locked up. And I would say Bradley Zimmer probably has the fourth outfield spot locked up. So unless they sign somebody or Josh Naylor's playing right field, I think everybody else is SOL out of luck. Well, I, I think that's kind of how it's going to go. <clears throat> the problem is Nolan Jones has not played a lot of outfield in the minors because a it hasn't gone very well, but b they keep him at third base, which I'm I'm just very confused by. Maybe they think he's a bad outfitter and. Uh, they don't think he can play defense out there, and he's a he's a good prospect, and they trade him. I mean, I know it's been and rough. He, I, yeah, that's what I mean, man. Like, let's say they're like, he can't be an outfielder. Like, we could hypothetically move him to first base if Bobby Bradley continues to strike out at a 45% clip uh, and just say, hey, we're going to move him over the first, and that's how they do it, right? But if not, they're like, hey, this kid's a good bat. He doesn't fit in uh, our cornerstone because he's sitting behind the best third baseman in baseball maybe you trade him and you go get an outfielder or a top flight reliever and just move that's, on. That's that's kind of what I'm wondering is do they are they going to keep him at third base and they're going to trade him. That's kind of where I'm at. Like I I think long term his best fit is first base. 
they don't have another first base prospect in the system. I mean, there's Jan Kenzie Noel, and I don't know about Bobby Bradley. I, I haven't been sold on him for, and I shouldn't say I'm sold on him, but we haven't we haven't really seen enough to to make a decision on him at this point. So, no. I I think he's Jones' always, is best spot for this team lies at first base. He's always going to be who he's going to be, though. Like I, he he right. even when he was hot, he got hot. But then the exact thing that we all talked about came back to fruition and you know he was in the low 200s even under the 200s and striking out an insane amount it's stuff that we've all seen forever so i don't think the the racing horse is going to change the stripes here uh but i think either, if, if bobby bradley does not uh fit into your long-term solutions here and then you move nolan jones over to first base that might be an okay option. well he jones has not played first base in the minors since like May or early June. Got so like many, they just gave got up so on many that. baseball positions, and if he just wants to rot away in AAA, they're probably going to trade him. That's why I just don't. Back. It's just very strange that they've done this, and yeah, but we don't know the in, we don't know the internal conversations. They're probably like you know, besides third base where he feels natural at, he kind of just stinks everywhere else. I mean, no, I mean, I, I've seen the reports. I've talked to people who have seen him in the outfield, and they say it's it's a. You know, to put it kindly, it's a work in progress, but he's still probably the second best hitter in your minor league system. I mean, unless you want to say Tyler Freeman's a better hitter, which I won't argue with. So he's your third best hitter in the minors, and he's the closest to the majors. He could help you next year. I don't see why you would not have him in the lineup next year. Like there's, it's not like they have a bunch of outfielders that they, they, I mean, you're not going to move Jose Ramirez back to second base. I know people are probably listening to this thinking, well, just move Jose to second base and put Nolan at third. That's not happening. Jose Ramirez is not going back to second base. He's, I wouldn't, he's not out of shape, but he's not, he's not, doesn't look like he did when he played second base last time. And you're not going to risk that guy getting hurt. You're going to leave him at third base and hope for the MVP bat that he can be. And you're not going to mess with that. So he's not going back to second. I I mean, Nolan Jones could be one of your five best hitters next year on the major league team. Possibly his projections now are good. I just don't see why they wouldn't. go that route. So the only thing to me that makes sense is they're going to trade him. Yeah. Um, which, and which, it okay. Very if, much, it would make sense with the way the 40 man's turning out. It could. I mean, look, George Valera. Oh, that's what I was. I, oh my God. <laughs> he could be, I, I think he's, he can be ready. I, they're not going to do it unless, unless there are changes to the CBA in this off season that uh, makes sense for them to do it. I don't think George Valera will be up next year, but I think he is talented enough to be ready to play next year. So that's that's an outfield spot. You have Miles Straw, and then somebody between. And the thing that we don't talk about too is like we're talking all internal options. They're probably gonna. I mean, I know they don't do it often, but they're probably gonna sign something external. I don't know what so, it is. I don't know if it's bullpen or outfield, but they're not just gonna sit on their hands. They want to prove to. A casual fan, they're like, "Hey, we said we the, it was going to go up. We didn't just mean contract extensions. We were going to sign somebody." I think they're very much in that ballpark. I think they're trying to have good graces right now, so I think that's what's going to happen. Uh, if especially if that minority owner stuff goes through, uh, so I would they say it's either outfield or bullpen. 
Uh, but I just need once in my life to see Valera and Jose Ramirez in the same lineup. I just I need that to happen for my own. Sanity. Oh, that would be ridiculous. Uh, that would be ridiculous. I think I think that will happen. I do. Um, okay, so if some point next year George Valera is your right fielder, you have him and Straw. So you're saying they go out and get a left fielder. So that means between Zimmer and Daniel Johnson and Harold Ramirez and I Oscar mean, Mercado, you've at least moved on from a couple of those guys. Have to. I mean, it's just a numbers game. <laughs> I So, I mean, and the thing is, is not, not in real life, but in baseball terms, they're not spring chickens. Like, you know, I mean, Zimmer does turn 30. And we're like, oh, Zimmer has a great career ahead of him. He's 30 years old, same as me. And I feel like I've been past my prime for a decade. So, uh, so <laughs> I yeah, was born before, past my prime so yeah, he's bo- <laughs> he was born two <laughs> months after me in 92. So yeah, uh, it, uh, I like what Zimmer's doing. I mean, those home runs are amazing and he's fast. He plays good defense. He's a very good, what you would call fourth outfitter, especially on a good team. Like someone like, I mean, you could just name any good team, but, uh, like the Dodgers and just like, wow, I can't believe the Indians let go of this guy to be the best fourth outfielder for a world series team. I could very much see something like that happening for Bradley Zimmer. Uh, Oscar Mercado, I don't think is on this team. Um, Daniel Johnson, unfortunately, I don't think is on this team. Harold Ramirez, uh, just because of what he did when he was hot, probably stays on this team uh, unless he just stinks to bed in spring training. And then he's probably gone. Uh, especially if you're trying to move forward with trying to compete, because if you just want to stay with the same, a lot of these same guys, you're probably going to stay with a lot of the same record that they had this year. I mean, you probably could be like 10 games above 500 with starting pitching being healthy, but I mean, their offensive numbers are, I mean, subpar to say the least. I'm going to look and see what the 2022 free agent class looks like. I'm just trying to think who they're going to, yeah, maybe they go out and sign an out there and don't say, don't say Nick Castellanos, the outside of his contract because they're not going there. Um, well, are they calling you to sign you? Is that what they're doing no, next probably, year? Probably just work. I'll call them right back. <laughs> um, ugh, you know, the free agent list for next year is not good, man. You got oh, okay. So you got Stalin Marte. That's a nice player. Yep, he's good. You've got Michael Conforto, who's going to. I mean, no, I know Michael Conforto had a bad year this year, but um, I still think someone's going to give him big bucks. And then you have Avicel Garcia, uh, Mark Canha, Charlie Blackman, who, by the way, is 36. That's Yeah, he's like a one-year deal guy. I feel old. And then Andrew McCutcheon, who's 35. The list is bad. Yeah. It's a it's it a bad list for outfield. It's... Hey, Eddie Rosario is a free agent. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that couldn't go wrong. I think they should definitely Give it a shot. consider him. Yeah. I mean, you oh, can really say him too. Abraham, yeah. Delano, the shield. Wow, there's a lot of Cleveland Indians on here. Oh, Abraham no. Almonte. Oh yeah, that that would be. I you know it's impressive that Abraham Almonte is still playing. Let's be honest. I know, right? Come on. Yeah, it, it, well, this is just not good. I don't know. I like. I mean, if you said if you said, hey, like we signed Mark Canna to like a two year deal at like fifteen million dollars, twenty million dollars, I would not be against it. Yeah, I'm with you. No, I'm I'm with you on that. I think he'd be a nice fit. Uh, Maybe they do. Maybe they do go that route. But again, that forces some guys out. Like I'm saying, you. I don't know. It's gonna. It's gonna be. 
The thing is with that is not only are they not veteran to have veteran leadership, which you kind of need with how young the roster is, but they're not as good as players. I understand they're they're something you think right. could be as good, but they're just not as good of a player. I know. It's just you've never given Daniel Johnson any at-bats, and I think I that to me that says more about how they feel about him than anything at this point. I, I If they continue to not turn to him to give him more opportunities, my guess is they don't feel like he's a future option for them and that that's fine like i mean that's the decision you're making it's a it's a decision i guess but i think that's that i'm just saying that's that i think that shows you where they're going this winter so i I don't think daniel johnson's long for this roster because of that i don't know if my outfield for next year i would say you have miles straw in in center Let's let's say they sign a, a Mark Canha to go in left field, and then in right field you bide your time with Bradley Zimmer and Harold Ramirez as your platoon, and then um, you know maybe you get Josh Naylor back, or you put Nolan Jones in right, which I guess they won't do, and then uh, you just wait for George Valera to get there. Yep. I don't know. It, it's so hard to like. This whole season was supposed to be about answering questions, and I feel like going into 2022, like you have a couple spots nailed down. Like to me, I think Austin Hedges is probably your starting catcher next year, and that's fine. Um, third base is Jose Ramirez. Shortstop is somebody between Ahmed Rosario and, and Andres Jimenez. Would you would you trade like if if somebody comes out? I guess it depends on the offer, but. Would you listen on trades for Med Rosario, or would you would I'm you bring him back considering considering how well he's played and considering how many spots you're unsure about next year? Yeah, I mean, if you're de- if you're saying, hey, we desperately need offense, I wouldn't trade the, the guy with the best batting average on the team. So um, it would have to be something good, right? Like you would definitely need like, oh, this guy is going to strike out two batters and ending in the bullpen type of piece. I wouldn't go trade for a 19 year old again and start the process all over again. What do you mean they won that trade? He's better than Lindor. They have won that trade. They won that trade. I, I, I'm not saying they won <laughs> that trade even just by based on the play on the field. I'm doing it based on the the contract. Anyway, I, I think in the long term, the Mets will win that trade, even if they did pay Lindor a lot of money. I think in the long term, we'll see they won that trade. But So, okay, you're not trading a Med Rosario for next year. So... You have, I guess, you have a couple spots answered. What about, what about Zach Plesac? Are you, are you snake bitten enough by the injuries that have happened this year to the rotation to not trade him this off season because you're worried about having enough depth for ne- next year, or is he a guy you feel could be expendable? Um, I'd, I'd probably just wait to see what happens next year. <laughs> That's where I'm at. Because of the injuries, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, something's been weird with him this year. He's he's given up a lot of home runs, which he didn't do a ton in the minors of, and he's never had a lot of like underlying parts to his profile that make you look like, wow, this is why he's succeeding. Like, doesn't have good spin rates, doesn't have a real like plus pitch. He's relied on like some forty fives and, and maybe his changeups at fifty five, and he's relied on good command. Um, but there's really nothing out there that tells like 
peripheral wise that says this is why he's able to have success. And I think your rotate. I mean, yeah, I guess right now the rotation next year would be Bieber, Plesac, Savali, Quantrill, and, and McKenzie, and you could put Morgan as your first guy up out of AAA, which is a good a good uh, spot for him and a good spot for the team. But yeah. I I feel like I feel like you have. I mean, they're going to have rotation options next year to come up behind them. They're going to have Logan T. Allen and and Cody Morris and Peyton Battenfield and. Connor Pilkington, all those guys could be ready to contribute next year. You're not going to have a dearth of. You're not going to, it's not going to be empty as far as options for next year, the way it was this year. Like Logan Allen got hurt and stunk. Scott Moss was hurt and you had to go to Mejia and Henches and, and Eli Morgan is probably the only guy that was close to ready. All those guys next year will be ready to help you. And they're in position to have that experience. I'm not saying they'll be great, like great rotation options next year. Like guys, you're like, okay, this is part of our future. So maybe that's the risk, but I also don't know if Plesak is, is has the ceiling. Any of those guys do, I guess. So maybe, maybe that's a spot where you can look to trade and add something somewhere else. Yeah. I mean, you have a lot of, I don't know how to answer it. Just say that there's a lot of unknown answers. Um, I mean, you have Aaron Savale and Shane Bieber. That's going to be your staple as long as they're not injured. Um, and then you have guys yeah. who are probably going to be ready next year. Um, so please act, uh, honestly, better not be injury prone or, you know, kind of stink. Uh, I mean, he's been pitching solid as of late. So I'd still think he has probably a future with this team. I don't know if there's an extension involved or not. So. How about it took a while? I know a lot of people were on this train, but and it took a little bit. But Cal Quantrill, I think the long game paid off on that bet. Yes, yes, it did. I think we, I think a lot of people felt like he could be a future rotation asset for this team, and that's what he looks like now. It just took some time. I I love where he's at, though. I I really think that he is a a guy you can count on to be at least your number three for next year. Yeah, and I feel pretty good about McKenzie too. So. Yes, I, I wanted to say that. I, I can't tell you, you know, I, as, as somebody who covers the minors, I have covered for the minors for a while, and um, you try not to, like, cheer for anybody or, or cheer for, obviously, you know, team-wise, but I have to say I'm, I'm as excited for his success as anybody because you root for good people and the good stories. I, I like Tristan McKenzie. He's a great kid, and I've wanted to see him succeed, and I also thought that, I thought he was going to be good and I'm not saying he's arrived, but um, his last couple starts, I know he's in the IL now, but I, right now I'm not super concerned. I think they're, I think they're probably being cautious with that shoulder considering he pitched a lot of innings his last two starts and they're limiting his innings at this point. But um, the last two starts, that is the Tristan McKenzie. I thought they could have, and um, I am super glad to see him have that success and, I don't know he he is just very fun to watch when he is that good. He's just fun to watch, and I I hope I hope that's the guy we get. And obviously, he's not going to you know flirt with the perfect game every time out, but to to have those two back to back starts, I think that really says what you have in him, and he can be this good next year. And I'm I feel I as my, like I say he's on the IL now, but I feel pretty confident about him next year. Yes, and I'm I'm glad that we 
I'm glad they showed patience with him as well. There are a lot of people who still think he can't do it. You know what? Maybe he's a guy that doesn't throw 200 innings, but if you can get 150 really good innings out of him, I think they have enough pitching starter-wise to plan for some spots where they've got to be careful with him. You know, look at the Dodgers. The Dodgers have been so good about how they rotate through their rotation options with, you know, Phantom IL stints or however they do it. I, I think you can do it with McKenzie and you can get a really good starter out of him for 150, 170 innings. Yeah. So 2022, the question, the answer of the unknowns, but the excitement of the growing potential of the young guys as well. Yeah, I definitely feel better about next year than I did July. Yeah, well, no, even just coming into the year, like I think there were still coming into the season, like we thought they could be 500 or they could compete for a playoff spot, and they were for a little bit. But I think next year you feel much better about the direction of things than you did coming into this year. You got some answers, but you also, I don't know, even even if you made, even if you got answers that you didn't like, at least they were answers, you know? So. All right, man. Well, this seems like a good place to stop. It was fun. Yeah. It's good to catch up and talk a little, little Absolutely. ball. And uh, if you're out there listening, we, we do appreciate it. Um, like I said, we'll, we'll try to give you some major league podcast content. We can on the tribe and the guardians and um, can't guarantee it'll be every week with, with our schedules, but you'll have the minor league podcast once a week. We can guarantee that. Um, I don't know. I'm sure we'll do off-season podcasts as as moves happen for sure. I know there are some people out there who are asking for some of the uh, Twitter lives to come back, and I promise in September we'll have one of those. I hope. And, uh, yeah, we'll come at you with, as much as we can. If you can, please, uh, re- you know, leave the show a review. Five stars on iTunes if you can, or you know, four stars if you think we're not five star podcasters. That's fine, but <laughs> leave it. Leave us a review. I mean, that you know, we just want to be honest here. But um, reviews do help us, and uh, you know, subscribe to the podcast. And uh, if you can, be a subscriber to IBI Indians Baseball Insider. We're gonna have a lot of content this off season. I have a lot of plans um, for prospect content for 2022. It's just gonna depend on how much time I have and the more people who subscribe and pay money to see that stuff, the more time I'm going to be able to, to dedicate to it. So, um, yeah, follow me at jail underscore baseball, follow Spencer at SC Car- S Carlson 92, follow the show account at official underscore IBI. Um, always happy to, for you guys listening and always happy to interact with everybody. Spencer, thanks for taking the time to, to jump on with me with your busy schedule, man. Got to see you soon, man. Absolutely. All right, man. Take it easy, and, and thanks for listening.